Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Question one. What secret in six misreport would be worth killing him for? Question two, is it reasonable to believe that they would kill again to protect that secret? And if so, question three, what the f*** am I doing here? Where's our money? This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 430 of Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind for nearly 10 years. That's right. October, October, baby. Uh, this is episode 430. I'm Scott Johnson. Joining me today, Brian, the true, true Dunaway. Oh, true, 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 true. Oh, hi. Hello. Question one. What secret in the Wachowski's 2012 movie adapted from a book would be worth killing three hours for? Question two. Is it reasonable to believe that this movie would not require me to turn on closed caption on Netflix to unlock that secret? A secret that is perhaps hidden in the true, true language? Maybe so. Maybe no. And if so, question three. What in the f- name of old Georgie himself am I doing here? Uh-oh. Hold on a second, guys. Who comes a rapping at my high-rise apartment chamber door? Oh, hi. Hey, guys. I gotta go. It's the Wachowskis. They're banging trays, and I do believe they intend to throw me off the balcony for what I done said about their movies over the years. I gotta go. <laughs> Speed Racer sucked! <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong about that. True, true. Uh, yeah, true, true there. Also with us, Randy, anyone else get a hardcore Sense8 vibe? Jordan? Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Randy. 
Did I ever tell you boys about the time I proved that nothing is impossible? No. True story. Mm. This life is nothing short of a deepening vision of a sublime stardust. Soon, there will be an evolving purpose, the likes of which the infinite has never seen. We can no longer afford to live with dogma. Selfishness <laughs> is the antithesis of transcendence. You may be ruled by bondage without realizing it. Do not let it disrupt the healing of your story. We are at a crossroads of synchronicity and delusion. Our conversations with other adventurers have led to a flowering of super powerful consciousness throughout history. Humans have been interacting with the quantum matrix via chaos-driven reactions. Old white man should never wear prosthetics to look like another race. That's some <laughs> ugly shit. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. So, so much rubber in this film. Yeah, a lot of rubber. Lots of latex. Also, finally, Brian, welcome to Neo Soul Libit. Mm. Kids, you want the yarn of my life years? I'll give you the true, true. Before the fall, 106 winters ago in 1980, me and my chum chum Henry <laughs> were scaving in a dwell just for the women kind. Did that hinder some Henry and me? Sure as old Georgie, nay. We garb dressed to appear just like the women kind so as we could scavy among them. Later, in one of my other life years, I was a ranchminder playing doll, far, far with a fresh fam kind babbit named Andy. Andy also box nabbed a playing doll named Buzz Lightyear, who liked to yibber about the space space. Ah, yay, kids. Me and playing doll Buzz sure enjoy some of the adventures which are with our playing doll friend kind. All right, scoot foot for sup sup now, and when you're older, I'll yarn you the true true about my bachelor party and my playing doll Tani Katane. Now get! Now get! Get now! Wow, that, you know, that was really authentic what you did there <laughs> I, I yeah, found, yeah was i found stuff from the book like there was a uh there's a website that's actually got like a uh uh true, true language the right true, true language it only lists like about 14 things so i made a bunch of other things like playing doll ranch minder yeah kind it's, it's <laughs> right. pretty good which also tells me that it's all right the sequel yeah, it's the, the it, most one of the most the lingering, Atlas. Yeah, right. <laughs> one of the most lingering things in this movie. If you haven't seen it, we're talking about Cloud Atlas from oh, 2012. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, based on the book, if you haven't seen it, one of the things that we have the luxury of here on FilmStack, we've all seen it, so we know what the true true language is. However, if you are going into this movie for the first time, never read the book. Oh my God! If I was yeah. at the theater, I would have been throwing my popcorn at Tom Hanks right off the bat, going, "I can't understand you." Yeah, yeah but a... that that whole segment or that whole storyline, I feel like works on a level where you almost don't need the language. Everything right. is so well done in context, and like the, you know, witnessing the the slaying of his family, and then going and finding the, you know, the the temple and. Right. And then coming back and kind of, you know, doing the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I what, feel like that's the only one of the stories that could work that way. Right. Well, I, I think as a, a film, that was my first stumbling block. So if you hear yeah. me talking about yeah. it throughout this episode, I had the same trouble when they introduced me to V for Vendetta. Whenever you have a language, because I'm really mm -hmm. ignorant uh, <laughs> when it comes to, I'm really ignorant when it comes to audio learning mm. I, i'm i'm really good at reading and learning but when it comes to language if it's outside of my norm this is my own limitations 
nobody's mm-hmm. fault. Just my limitations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get very, I get very hung up on trying to figure out what they are saying, and I can't see anything. I just become blind mm. to everything. And, I think there's no. I think I there's something there. to that. I think it's a lot easier to read a language and learn it than it is to. Yeah, because you can see root words. Just easily. pick it up in context, right? Because you're focused on right. You're you're focused on the the sounds and you're not picking up on the repetition and like oh right. he just used that phrase again or that word again and that means this yeah but when you read it boom man it's easy much yes. easier yeah, yeah. there's probably the reason why it works in a book and then there that's the trouble of translating a book mm-hmm. to film mm-hmm. yeah the book is, said has anyone read the, said, anyone read the hold on has everyone read the book or no is anyone or has anyone i have not i have not read I the book not. i haven't either and I've, I've always heard this is a book you should read it's so great so great and so great anyway i've never done it here's the thing or here's my question. Uh, why did I like this movie? I was told it was terrible. I was told I was going to hate this, that it was going to be this, awful, and I liked it. Was this your first watching of it? Yes. Okay, here's the funny thing. I was about to say, I did not like, like, if you would have asked me to rate this movie before I saw it, I would have said a four. Mm-hmm. This viewing <laughs> moved it up to like a seven or an eight for me. I actually really enjoyed right. it the second time. And I think it's because... Number one, just like Brian said, you don't have to focus on trying to understand the language of the the old men or whatever, you know, the, the Kona or not the Kona, the Kona's are the bad guys, but right. the uh the old uh, Hawaii people. Right. The old Hawaii people. <laughs> <laughs> Second, um I think uh, you know, there's the there's that disorientation of seeing it the first time and not immediately knowing that it's gonna be different time periods. And you're right. like Wait, all right, so is that Tom Hanks? So he was a gangster, and then he became an old dude at the fire? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then that he... might, right. That was probably my biggest my biggest complaint about the movie. And, like, I, I really, like, for people who haven't seen it and actually mm-hmm. sat and watched the whole thing just mm-hmm. just for film sack, I really want to apologize. It's, like, such a... Uh, I can't remember the last time we watched a movie and I came along feeling like, man, there's strangers out there who are probably hating us right now. Maybe, but I I, I should be one of those strangers and I really liked it and I don't know why I Mm -hmm. liked it. I mean, part of it, part of it is I assume the book doesn't say this character looks like the other dude from another time. Like that's the, this movie just decides to dive into that weird conceit. Well, like I'm saying, that's the thing I hate the most about the film. Like Mm. I I think it could have been a much, much better film if, uh, you had if they had found a way to to thread these things all together without using the same faces or the same eyes in a lot of play like like um, Hugo Weaving's eyes are like I, you can see right through whatever makeup he's wearing mm-hmm. you know like it just it bugged me even the I, one I, like, even the I one love, where they changed his eyes you could still see it still yeah. like oh my gosh and Hugo I love like I love mm-hmm. Keith David but him being in multiple different time frames my brain is constantly going okay how is this the same person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's not the same person. You're not supposed to get that. Well, then they shouldn't have used the same actors. But but anyway, the thing I love the most about the film is the fact that uh, these actors, when they're they all have like a good thing. Like every every one of them is in a spot at some point in the movie where you're like, oh, that's that the real story of that person, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the good one. Yeah. Like uh, for Ben Wishaw uh it's the it's the the thing where he is uh uh a uh, 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 like a, a genius young composer who ends up uh, you know falling in with a, <laughs> a horrible old man who's uh Eng- england's greatest composer i thought that was really interesting that mm. the, that whole idea mm-hmm. and then and then you know like so they have 
uh, we keep returning to, you know, this Ben Wishaw's character, uh, you know, dealing with this dumb old man and, and kind of, kind of falling for him a little bit, you know, and then ultimately killing him. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, sometimes uh, you slay the dragon and sometimes the dragon yeah, exactly. slays you. Yeah. Right? But it's like, it's like that, take that all and put it, just put it all together. And it's a beautiful little story. It's very well shot, very well acted. And then it gets chopped up into pieces and spread out all over this movie. And I'm like, ah, screw it. Yeah. Well, it. That's, that's the problem with this movie. Okay. First of all, let me say, love the movie. Also hate the fact that the movie was, was limited by is is medium the format the format of trying to keep within a double length feature film mm-hmm. a story that really needs to sprawl a lot larger hbo miniseries or regular yeah. series that's what this needs yeah. to be yeah. 100%. It, it, sure. need, it needs this audience an opportunity <laughs> to to learn the language before being thrown into this however that being said this is probably the best you could expect in an exceptional job in the format that that was given I for agree. this source material, imagine, so, just imagine for a moment that this was six different miniseries, like a, a, a right. series of series, all all strung together. Love it. And you watched you watched the entire thing with uh you know with each story in its time frame over order. five five mm-hmm. episodes, mm-hmm. and then you and then you took a breath. And then now you're watching the next one and you're seeing the same actors. They're playing different characters, but you're not seeing them back to back in right. different time frames. I think it well, could have been I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what they do with American Horror Story, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, the same group of actors playing different characters, but not in a jumbled story like this, but just season so, to season. So to here's season my to season. here's my crazy, crazy thought. Imagine taking uh waiting for guffman and best in show and for your consideration <laughs> and like imagine taking all of those films and chopping them into pieces and mixing them together and watching them all at the same time that's, yeah. what, that's what this this, like. well, this movie is essentially big, an exploration in genres the big, in, the big in, difference of that though is that those the, all those movies best in show and for your consideration and guffman and all that all take place during the same time period yeah. this one same the genre, only way you could period. do right the only way you could do it and make it work like like cloud atlas attempts is to have everything take place where the surroundings are different enough that you're that you don't have to rely on the character cues to figure out which storyline you're watching like oh okay we're in the jungle it's the 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 hawaii story or we're in uh future soul new soul and uh yeah uh, so we're watching i think the main thing my my mind immediately goes this may be my limitation as a viewer my my mind immediately wants to find pattern and it needs that thread to to go through all of the stories but it needs that thread to be obvious it would be like trying to unwrap a bunch of wires and if you don't know where to start it's gonna be very difficult the thread here eventually i found it it was all the way at the end uh but it was it was the the continuation of stories so each story was retold to each character and that's how they were all tied in in what i observed was like okay in the, in the very beginning the uh the lawyer was keeping his journals and then that was right. passed on to the next character it was read by the the, uh, the composer dude mm-hmm. right and then the composer dude created not only he created the uh this the uh the, the cloud sweet, atlas, the cloud out right? Did yeah. that, and also had uh, had also love letters that eventually found its way into our oh, third, right, right, right. To, okay. to our third story, and then 
Uh, the third story was actually written. It was called Half Life. Uh, I believe it was what it was called, or something similar to yeah. that. Uh, of and then, Halle Berry's and character then it, and, then it, and so forth. And it goes to the publisher, and the publisher story is is actually a really good standalone story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, very good. That's, that's that's the main Jim Broadbent performance. Although mm-hmm. he's all over this movie, he's like the great. One My is, gosh, is, he's good. He's so good. He is yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but him, him as a publisher, and it, like it's it's almost his main story is almost about everything around him more than him, right? Like mm-hmm. the author that throws some critic off of a balcony at the right. beginning of that story. It's like, wow, that is so awesome and interesting. And and like he ends up you know trapped in a retirement home and it's it's a little bit overly comedic but you know uh, like it's such a good story that you don't really even realize that he's a publisher so he got a manuscript from whatever you know 1970s you know what I'm saying right. mm-hmm. written then, by uh, Halle Berry's younger neighbor friend yeah his yeah. name was on the paper the I remember I remember yeah. the camera lingering there and I went. Oh, I'm, yeah. sp- I'm supposed to remember that. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't catch that either. Yeah. Boy, so, I need to watch it see- a third damn time. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. the, the thing is, you don't. Like, the movie should have stood yeah. on uh, for itself. Like, it should have it should have gotten this all through to you. And it, it doesn't because it's so mixed up and it's trying so hard to confuse you. You know, there was some of that, but I, but I want to, I want to say there are, there's a place in this world. I'm not sure this movie achieves it or not, but there's a place in this world for movies that are full of, symbols and hints and stuff that you didn't notice the first time through because the ending then informs you wanting to see it again and then find those details i think there's room for that yeah i think three three and hours and 12 minutes or whatever the hell it is what is it whatever it is slightly under three hours it's, it's a, like two it's a lot something like that it's a lot yeah, right. but i had this one weird feeling through and the whole thing enough. it reminded me of fargo somehow and mm-hmm. i i mean the television sure. show also the movie but Fargo at the way that they have their connected universe. This one's set in 2003. This one's in 1978. Yes. This season's set in whatever. And it's connected without like really obvious, super easy to see connective tissue. It's like, oh, okay, that guy put the, you know, put the money in that briefcase and buried it under the snow. And then this guy found it. That's really the only connection you have yeah. between. Yeah, I, right. Between I kept Fargo's. since we're using the same actors to play different characters in different roles in each of the time periods, I was really holding on as a viewer to the fact that they were connected linear in that way, but it, it wasn't that in the end. At the end, it was like, oh, each of these characters plays a different role mm-hmm. in each time period. And so it, I was <laughs> really trying to hold on to always a dick. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. He was, he was actually, yeah, he was, he was one of the consistents. He was the true, true, uh, he wasn't. True, true he wasn't all of them. Was he was. He? he was. Yeah. He was all the way to the even in the even in the first one. He was the stepdad. Or I'm sorry. He was the dad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think he was always bad, wasn't he? He was. He was always in there, and he was always bad. Yeah. Or always he ominous, or, or at the very least, ominous and weird, like the freaking Mad Hatter Goblin right. he, guy. He was. Yeah, he was the. He was the. Um, the the cog of 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 tribalism and racism and just. A constant whispering, literal whispering in, in the last story of of you know uh, trying to separate people and, mm-hmm. and to keep them apart. Yeah, he's a huge mm-hmm. dick in that scene. Yeah, he's a huge giant dick. <laughs> he's also he's also you know he's the Wachowski regular here, which I always like. He's kind of consistent yeah. in all their movies. Um, and uh, I, I I sort of get giddy when I see him. I I really like him. Chews up the scenery. He's just very interesting. 
but I want to say I feel kind of across the board. The the whole cast is awesome, but in particular, amazing cast. Yeah, in in particular, I think the acting chops. Like I think, uh, oh, there's so many places my brain wants to go. All right, let me let me say this first: the Tom Hanks, uh, old guy thread, uh, thread. Hawaii. Yeah, the whole the Hawaii bit, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. um, is fascinating because to me that's one of the most interesting stories, and there's so much about that world building I didn't I, we don't get told. Uh, yeah. that I have all made up in my head. For example, it appears to me like a complete flip of society. Uh, white people are uh, not enslaved, like so not completely flipped with like the 1700s Societal or something. Societal separation, but, still tribal. Yeah, right? very tribal, but the white people are all living hand to foot and raising sheep and, you know, just scraping to stay alive. And that includes the sort of evil marauding um whatever the hell they were the kona mm-hmm. the yeah they're as white as you get too and they uh it, it, but everybody who seems to have figured it out and has all the civilization and the, and the civility all appear to be people of color and i thought that was really interesting and i wanted to know more about that like how did that hated, end up i getting hated there? that segment of the six of them that was oh, the really? thing i hated so much oh, like i didn't hate I, it like at all. i, I, I there were times i was like skipping forward like i'm not even gonna watch if they if they can't if they can't go film this actually in hawaii instead of make, uh, uh, make like if they can't have anybody who is even a little bit hawaiian like I'm just like no yeah but your future mul- your future multi apocalypse later kind of time like this isn't we there's so, that's my point is so much of that world building is left out that you have to your brain has to try to assemble it because this is like after uh Korean lady six winners after yeah the the the, yeah. the, the that's the, okay the then Mm-hmm. That's just an excuse for whitewashing things, like having white people playing <laughs> Koreans. Funny. Wow, you well, can't. I was going to say, okay, I was going to say, man, uh, the whitewashing—if it only extends to the uh, non-Hawaiians playing Hawaiians, right, it doesn't right. extend that's, to that's the non-Koreans. That is very particular. Yeah, <laughs> I, my, this, yeah this I, is a pretty inclusive I, movie, with some exception, of course. But oh no, yeah. it's not at all. Like the author David Mitchell obviously the didn't film. know anything about <laughs> the right. uh, world outside of. England like (laughs) you know what I mean like I mean maybe but uh, I don't see again I don't I haven't read the book so I can't say I think that's really interesting to say everybody on this island and this weird sub English language and all of it these are Caucasian people doing that that's Mm -hmm. not normally what you see that that throw that's in the in face Western, right. of 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 normalcy. Western filmmaking. Yeah, right. that like that's like oh okay that's flipped completely. We'd all our brains it's, would settle in and, and go oh well these uh, if they were all Polynesian look at me oh of course they're in Hawaii. But this is it's this is like so far flung in the future. So much has happened. You've got the societal divide and they don't explain it. But I was fascinated by that. I wanted to know more about it. I like the idea that you just flipped it all on its head. And uh, you know, make the and, and make at the end of the day, it's about this. This movie is about tribalism more than anything, and you know, and and your roles in in the current society, whatever they be, and that those roles flip constantly, and how those characters would respond uh, being in a new situation. So yeah. it was interesting to see that. I actually like the Zachary storyline the best because that's the only time that the Tom Hanks character actually gets a chance to grow. Otherwise, he's a very two-dimensional character. It's also where he's the best uh, in the movie. He's not right. great he's in all the other Tom Hanks bits. Although I think the one that where he's poisoning the dude on the ship, that's pretty right. good. Doctor. 
That's yeah. Yeah. Henry Goose. But, yeah. the, uh, Henry but the, the mobster, uh, you know. Oh, that's the... my favorite. Dermot, Dermot, Dermot Hoggins. Dermot Hoggins, yeah. 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 Give you some punches. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was... one that one I could have skipped. Uh, the Tom Hanks. They could have left. No, you couldn't. You could have, you could have skipped the Tom Hanks. I don't know, but him coming up and going, you know, tequila, two fingers, and he just, you know, and it's, throwing. It's really throwing bad, that though. guy off. By the way, throwing. Uh, I, I, I hate this. I hate all the secret keeping that they were doing uh, in this film. Fine, keep your secrets, Wachowskis. But some of it was uh, enjoyable. Like uh, I, I enjoyed the fact that the critical, uh, the the guy that was doing the reviews for uh, Dermot Hoggins that got thrown off the, the roof was the music musician in the seventies uh, that was with uh, Halle Berry mm -hmm. uh, in his loft up there. And she said that she wanted to throw him from the balcony and she did not, mm -hmm. uh, but he is the actor who later was thrown. Oh, they uh, do that all the time, the balcony, constantly so. through the movie. And and I yeah, understand I why they did it so many times. That's the same dude, by the way, that was the, uh, well, the lover that shows up at the end and then becomes the old guy that Lava. gets shot in the head by what's his name in this hotel room, makes it look like a suicide. Same guy. But he's also the same guy yeah, that's the like, bald in interrogator guy who's interrogating right, right, uh, right. Li uh, Ning or whatever the, uh, name is. What's, what's, right. the most, what's the most disturbed that you were of any of the portrayals? The one for me had to be when Halle Berry was in the future as that Marin, uh, no, no, uh, she was the Ovid or whatever it was the Ovid. It was the, the doctor uh, thing that was yeah, taking the clamp yeah, off. Yeah, the doctor thing with the with the weird Fu Manchu <laughs> thing going on. That was just oh. that was disturbing. Yeah, if you yeah. didn't watch the well, credits, the credits are important to watch. The very first credits because they flash all the characters that the main actors played. Oh, really? Oh, I stopped yeah. before that. I, I need to go back. And oh, watch yeah. That. Don't skip that. That is a that is a must because there's two or three of those where I went. What oh. are you kidding me? Huh. Like I could so not I believe it. I thought Duna Bay as the uh, so the Korean uh, replicant girl as the Sunmi so, Sunmi as the uh, um, as the American daughter of Hugo Weaving running off with uh, yeah. Tilda. yeah yeah that was that was kind of it was odd Tilda. to see some uh, some faces made up as well and sometimes you just didn't know do you guys remember there was the thing where she was learning she was looking at her little oval floating screens and yeah. one of them was yeah. like this professor guy doing chalk work oh yeah, yeah. that's freaking susan that sarandon's is that dude oh really yeah, <laughs> yeah okay did. i didn't pick up on that one so that's that kind funny. of and i didn't know either until the credits the credits rolled and i was like I guess I do need to go back and watch I, hey, it's yeah. i can i can hit play right from uh, where i left off right. <laughs> It's it's reminding me of of what people often say about the video game Eve Online. Mm. It's a great uh it's a great thing if you like to manage spreadsheets, but it's not like <laughs> it's not the video game that you expect a video game to be. Right. And this movie is like that. It's like if you're really interested in a matrix of characters and figuring out who's like Ooh, this is weird. This is weird makeup. This looks like a an Englishman <laughs> pretending to be Korean. Who is that? Oh my God, it's Jim Sturgis. Whoa! Mm. Like, if you're interested in that, mm. great movie. But it's not a movie. It's not a movie the way Eve Online is in a video game. It's something else. Mm. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's a lot it like really the. Um, I mean, you could even go back to when Shakespeare was doing. Uh, plays in the West End and he'd basically have the same troupe of actors playing right. the same role, sometimes women, sometimes uh probably okay. different cultures or different mm -hmm. you know it's I mean yeah, he didn't yeah. really have a choice. I think in twenty twelve <laughs> well, in twenty twelve we, we had we had, we had choices. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, like, and that's and that's the thing. Whatever. I come down. I come down to liking the things that are that are native to the people making it. The author and the directors. The three segments that take place in England and San Francisco feel to me like they're the most competent and the most relatable. And it's the segments outside of that where I'm just like, okay, I, I saw Amistad and this whole thing on the on the ship uh, on the boat is like. It just feels like they don't know what they're doing, you know. Mm, mm. Right. And I, that's just. I, what, I, I all I guess is yeah. this: I, I, uh, I, I'm glad we were limited uh, with with Keith David because I loved every time he was on the screen. <laughs> He's awesome, David. Always yeah. just yeah. such a joy to watch. Yeah. Except talk. Uh, what I mean by that is. <laughs> he's a really I him way better well, than no Tom it's Hanks not that it's not time. that it's that he is one of the most unique voices in all mm. vo oh, yeah. narration he does he narrates like i don't know at least 50 percent of uh uh what's his name's documentaries i can't mm. think of his name uh, yeah. uh the oh ken burns ken burns documentaries an amazing, amazing voice. There's nobody quite like it, actually. It's just kind of shocking, and you and hear it makes video me games smile all the time. Every time I every time I see him on screen, I just there's a little smile that that comes over. Yeah, my but face. it just uh, it sounds immediately I've loved like him ever since they live. Yeah, I've loved but him just, but listen, he 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 ends up sounding like every general he's ever played in like a Halo game. Like it's just impossible <laughs> to tear him out of that. So when I hear him talk, I'm like, oh. uh and probably have to get to my next objective. Oh no, I'm just watching a right. movie. Like it's it, it kind of. Can we talk me. about the worst plan in the movie? Uh, let's see. How about Keith David's character? He says, "Hey, hey, why don't Halle Berry's character? Why don't she walk down the street and see if we can pull out a Hugo Weaving <laughs> to uh, come out what? and try to run her over? And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna t bone." Worst plan. Worst plan in the movie is you are a much hated critic. And you confront somebody who <laughs> looks very strong and hates you in front of a balcony. Ears, That's the yeah. worst plan. <laughs> yeah. Talking smack still. Yeah. Right. yeah, don't do that by a balcony. Although, no. that seemed like capital murder in front of everyone. I know. There wow. were so many things in this film where I'm like, where's the police? How does this movie not have police? <laughs> where's of course, the police? The, the movie has police when a... Uh, I don't know, semi-robot? Is she a robot prostitute server in a restaurant? I don't know. Right. I don't know what... The, I could never figure out Look what here, the, those women were. But mm -hmm. there's definitely police in Seoul in 100 years. But they're chasing but the, yeah, they're, the they're, robot. I don't know. Right. But anyway, like the Replicates. rest of the movie, I'm just like, San Francisco, 1973, you're telling me there's no police anywhere? Are you kidding? Yeah, it seems like that. they were pretty devoid of that. Uh, right, that factor. Yeah, we and, never, it we made never it, saw that. It made it feel but, a little other otherworldly to me, which is why I think I like the future segments maybe more than the more modern day ones. Sure, that stuff's more relatable because you know we live in that world. But the stuff that was more uh, sci-fi and crazy, I liked the most because the rules oh, have yeah. changed, and you don't have to think about those things. Like I don't have to think about that weird restaurant or why it's okay that. They make replicants. I mean, it was basically a kind of a Blade Runner mini story that whole bit. I bet it was fun making this movie because it's it's almost an anthology of different movie genres, like you know, all just thrown in a bowl and tossed up. Good for you. There you go. Yeah, but also, <laughs> story. if I had any real complaint, and I don't know how the book handles this, but it didn't seem like the people really had anything to do with each other. Like in the end of the day, well, they they didn't. But it's kind of it'd be kind of like a. They didn't, didn't. That's what was kind of confusing me because I expect, like I said, I kept expecting the characters to be linear. Okay. Uh, so, so individual, the, like the, 
like all the Tom Hanks characters. Right, kind like of. reincarnation is what I was assuming. I was like, okay, Tom Hanks is still Tom Hanks. He's still the spirit of Tom Hanks in every time period. Shouldn't he be showing a, you know, an overall arc of story for his character? But it really didn't play out that way because they were weaving in and out of <laughs> weaving of yeah, weaving, yeah. <laughs> weaving in and out of roles in each of their periods and how they would do it. And that what that kind of threw me off for a little while. But when I eventually was able to put that behind me and go, okay, okay, Brian. Well, what were the like the tattoos? They never is that the chick in the bucket because the tattoos. Oh are no, no, chi- the, the chick. No, that's not a chick in the bucket. You talking about the the shooting the stars? That's, yeah, not that's the tattoos. The sorry, the. That's the what What's that call now? It? The, the, the birthmark? I keep saying, yeah, I mean birthmarks. What I meant, yeah, the birthmark. That that's the that's the driving force. That's the energy that that starts from the first story to the last. It's kind of like the central piece of each uh, period. That's that's the person who's kind of been tagged to be to to inspire change or to create change and 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 change our oh, story. Oh wait, so that so the people with with the tattoo in each of the segments were like the chief operator of that segment. Right, right, and it was and then. Then that was recorded, uh, either by themselves or by someone else, and then that was passed on to the next person who was inspired. Oh, the, now, everybody the birthmark. You're talking about the birthmark. Right, the birthmark. Yeah, the birthmark. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not the tattoo, yes. crazy tattoo from yeah from Tom Hanks's fist. No, 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 no not that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, that actually helps me a little bit because to me, the every time they showed the birthmark, I was like, well, so y'all have the same birthmark? Is that, is that it? And is right. that all we're going to say about that? Because it felt very chick in the bucket to me. Yeah, and so it's it's actually the opposite of the person carrying through the timelines because that birthmark jumps from person to person across the six different people. Right, right. They're, it, it never it's never on the same person in this in a different timeline. Right. And, um, it's, and, uh, it's, and it's, it's kind of like that lost effect where they... The reason why I call it Lost Effect is because Lost really points it out eventually. There's a whole character in Lost where he points out that only the central characters ever do anything. And there's like, you know, mm. you know at least 50 more people there that never even really get explored unless they're going right. to show up and die. Right, and exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of what this is. Yeah. There's a central <laughs> set of characters that kind of that kind of flows through. Well, um, and there's and there's uh, I thought about Lost a couple times watching this because there is a similarity in the storytelling style of jumping back and forth between flashbacks and flash forwards and current right. time and stuff like that, that, um, that I think is kind of a really cool storytelling method. It's mm-hmm. compelling to me mm. once you get past the confusion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, it's, it's just kind of a clever thing. It's like, Oh, okay. They're kind of giving me this piece of the story that took place way back in the past when it's most relevant to the, current right. time frame yeah and right. i like i kind of like that that method especially when it's done it's, in reverse and you get it kind of flash forward too right. and it was interesting the way they did cut it together they cut together uh with scenes from each uh time period uh with with the 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 emotion or the energy level so like all the action pretty much happened in all the stories at the same mm, time, at the same time, yeah. At, during the movie, so the the emotional uh, thread they were pulling us along with was was consistent. So I thought that was really interesting. That was pretty cool, and I liked how I also liked how a lot of the narration because different narrators would sort of take over at different times, right? Right. And how those Real would, difficult thing they did here. Th- those would you know overlap with the other timelines and then have their 
connections and their similarities and stuff. And I thought that worked really well. I guess I'm just still sort of shocked how much I liked it. I was going was, into this and I thought everybody back in 2012, everyone told me to avoid this movie like the giant turd it was. <laughs> and it was not any good I, at all. And I was so sad because I was like, ah, oh, Wachowskis, you've fallen so far. But I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask Brian Dunaway to rephrase what he just said. This movie is not a lot of fun. Like, it's objectively it not is. a lot of fun. Like, there's got to be a better fun. word for Like, right. the, the, the theme of the film, like, the thing you are supposed to ponder in every time frame is uh, a, a slave, slaves who are happy being slaves. Like, they, they literally, the, uh, early on in the film, they literally trot a slave into a dining room and ask him, you know, like, are you... Are you satisfied with your place in the world? And then you you find through every timeline there is someone who is you know in, indentured somehow mm-hmm. who is being depicted as okay, right? And, <laughs> with, that, and that's and that's what they talked about throughout. It's like why? And that's one of the things they tell the dinner conversation very early on in the movie. Why would someone accept their place or role? Uh, slave, you know, whatever level they were, why would they accept that role? And so that was something that was all the way through. And every time there was generally uh, something that would create uh, a change of role that was that was going to be initiated in between the stories. Yeah, that wasn't so, I don't think the movie was ever saying, hey, Keith David, do you like being a slave and serving our house or whatever? And he said, yes, sir. Really. I sure love it. Right. Th- yes, no, that great, was thanks. that was supposed to be him saying, no, of course not. Of course I don't. But I have to say I do. Well, what, what else can I say? Right. Yes. You want the truth. Yeah. The, the truth is what was really important in the fact that the tribes were lying to each other so often, whether because they had to or because they were looking for uh, truth was very important as well in this film. And so. Yeah, Keith David had to say it because even though it wasn't true, what choice did he have? Well, right. He didn't have a lot of choice, but then also that was the storyline where we lead to dude becoming woke and quitting and taking his wife to go work on, you know, let's let's stop slavery. I I, I love the scene where they're all outside and they're watching, uh, you know, the slaves work in the field. And uh, and and they say, oh, it's so he says, you know, it's it's so hot out here is. it, and and they said, oh, it's because civilized folk, uh, you can't handle the heat or something like that. I'm, I'm like, you morons, look at the slaves are all walking around with no shirts on like normal humans would do if it was hot. And you're in this three piece cotton oh, wool yeah. thing. Of course you're hot, you moron. I had no sympathy for dude in the thickest black coat you could wear in right. the hottest <laughs> weather possible. So much sweating. It's like, come on, dude. Freaking put on a T-shirt. Get some cargo <laughs> shorts and a pair of sandals. What are you doing? Uh, but that was the whole thing, right? If you were more civilized, that yeah. meant, oh, the way you dress and you're fully to the yeah, nines were, all the were, time. You were a slave to societal expectations, and that's why you were a sweating civilized human, because mm-hmm. you have accepted these things, uh, and you're a slave to consumerism, and that was also something that was explored. Uh, and also the other language that gave me trouble uh, you know, in in the naming conventions of things, uh, but I eventually got there. Like what? Like uh, uh, the, just just the, the just the reference in the naming of uh, you know, the languages in in the consumer oh, oh, in the oh. Somni yeah, yeah. era, yeah, this, this oh. new soul. They yeah. were you know they would they would reference uh, certain peoples or certain ideologies in a way that I'm like, okay, I kind of understand what you're trying to go for, but I don't understand the root words you're looking at there. I'm not sure exactly. 
Well, and that, and again, uh, that's where the world building and your imagination kicked in in the movie. All those right, scenes right. were places where I think I I thrive because I like that. I like a movie. Uh, sorry to ad nauseum this, but uh, no. you know why I like um, Mad Max Fury Road, Fury Road so much is they don't go out of their way to explain every social construct, every political thing, every right. where life has gone and what happened in the intervening time. Like I like to build that in my head, and so for right. me, those too. scenes those scenes really work for me. Um, and I do too. I think the difference is, I think some people are visual learners, and others, uh, you know, can learn by re- uh, by listening. And I'm a visual, a very visual learner. I read, and I know a lot of people are as well. And there's other people who listen really well. And I have trouble understanding the words that they're saying. I'm having trouble understanding the words coming out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but if I see the word, I'm like, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. I got this. Mm-hmm. I've seen lots of words. I'm a big reader. <laughs> I've seen words. Yeah. I've seen words. <laughs> sure. Words are cool. But when those words come out of people's mouth, I'm like, what did they just say? Did they say purple people eater? What did, what did you just say? <laughs> uh, I really like the dude who killed himself in the tub. I can never remember his name. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, Rand- I like Jim Sturgis. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I like and that I, guy a lot and I like him in lots of things. But what I really like about him is that he can? He was the best thing in the Mary Poppins movie that just came out. <laughs> he was so good in it, and he's perfect at this kind of fastidious sort of mm-hmm. um, uh, concern-looking guy. I don't know; it's hard to explain. He's young and handsome, but also old and and strange at the same old time. Soul. Yeah. There you go. There yeah. is a little bit of all these white dudes look the same to me thing. <laughs> like Jim Sturgis and Ben Wishaw were. I, I took a long time. To tell them apart, like it, from jumping around all the time, and I'm like, all right, which right. which guy am I seeing here? Is this the, you know, is this the no, the guy who kills himself is, in the tub? Or the... I can't figure if that's racism or ageism. Is it because they're both young, possibly, or mm, I, don't they know. Were... I don't think it's, it's either. I think they just look a lot alike. I think they look alike. They sound alike. You know, like they, It's just I, I don't know. I I more than once I thought, oh, this movie could have been better cast, and I actually wrote this thing down, and and it's like. Uh, I, I hate to even say it out loud because it's, somebody's going to disagree with me tremendously, but like in a movie <laughs> where you have these great actors, Halle Berry's a legitimately great actor, and uh, uh, Keith Jim David Broadbent. is a legit, Jim Broadbent is a oh, legitimately great actor, although he is a little bit one note in this movie. But yeah, well, Jim Broadbent, I'll take that note all day. Play it again. In, oh, yeah. in, in a movie with these great actors, I realized, oh, I don't think that much of tom hanks as an actor i just like whoa is this the same guy who did like these movies that i really love and, and respect and and i just got me it got me looking back at tom hanks performances and asking was that about the the rest of the movie and not the acting because in this film compared to these other actors tom hanks was just kind of stinky i mean i, I can't think, disagree i think tom hanks yeah. greatest greatest asset is his ability to to generate sympathy from me, any any character he plays, I'm always, I, I always get. Yeah, but in this movie, it's made, it's Zachary's the only one that does. Like, right. The rest of his characterizations, mm-hmm. I think, are kind of cartoony. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that as the you know he's got big buck teeth in the in the ship one, and he's got the the that <laughs> the British gangster thing was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I think that he is when he's at his most Tom Hanks, you're right. He is those things. And where he was in this movie was the Zachary stuff. That's, that's the yeah. most Tom Hanks we got. And that I loved. And I think that's why I liked it is because that was, that was him. And that's what I expect from him. 
it's also it's also the direct comparisons like when you when you flip from seeing tom hanks to seeing freaking Hugh Grant in San Francisco oh. in 1973 in that suit. Mm-hmm. I like, always had trouble spotting Hugh Grant. It was the oh, one really? that I had the most trouble spotting. He was the reason. one he was the one who kind of took me out of the film as soon as they showed him in the uh the 2012 Jim Broadbent yes. Uh, yes. with Why like so just, much rubber on his face. <laughs> Why didn't they just have Jim Broadbent pay, play his own brother? I don't know. They didn't they were never yeah. really on the screen together. Yeah. Why not yeah. like that was so weird to me because there was a shot of Hugh Grant as Jim Broadbent's old brother mm-hmm, in yeah. bed with his wife, whoever that is, yeah, and yeah. and she was also wearing crazy horrible face makeup. <laughs> By the way, and that's like, not a why? that's not a her. That was um that was a dude. That was hold yeah, on. Yeah, that was uh, the guy. He he played. Uh, that Jane. was the guy. No, no one didn't recognize him. He was George Ed. That's been. Uh, James James Darcy Robin Frobisher no it was Ben no 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 he was Georgette Ben Wishall was uh, Georgette oh you're right you're right you're right yep yep well that was horrible and and it's one of those things where I'm like you you stuck to the plan too hard there should have been a spot making this movie where they go oh you know what we could just have Jim Sturge, um, Jim Broadbent be his own brother, and that will, and then we don't have to put the viewer through this. Yeah, Apparently, but I can see uh, that according one... to the trivia, uh, Hugh Grant didn't join the cast until five days before shooting. Oh my! So oh, they they might have had that prosthetic plan for somebody else, and it right, fit right. better. <laughs> well, sure. didn't Still. didn't he? Um, so so he was also the leader of the Kona, the Kona lead, bad guy leader. Which, yes, which he is was, uh, oh, really? shocking. Yeah, right. I didn't again. I didn't know that till the the credits. I need to watch the credits. Damn it! The credits. Pause recording. I'm gonna go watch the credits. The uh, the I I was trying to um, there there was one actor I was trying to figure out who he was. He was always a lazeabout, uh, and he was he was always trying to drink soap or was always taking in too much stuff, and he was always taking naps. (laughs) Wait a minute, he was always drinking soap, eating soap. Yeah, uh, he he during the story, um. Ah, oh, Somni story. He was like the one that was having the sex with the the other Somni, uh, and oh, uh, that guy drinking the soap. And he was also the, he was also one of the tribal people later on who had who had partied so much at at, at Zachary's yes. hometown where he was uh, or home tribe place that it, it, he was he was passed out and he got his well. And that out. and that's the thing at the during the credits when they show just the the principal cast and all the people that they played, right. they then in the regular credits have this cool bracketed uh, credit system where it's like the actor name you, and then it branches out to like five people, almost like a You need a chart. spreadsheet yeah. to know really who do. was who in this movie. <laughs> I mean, to Randy's yeah. point, yes, you kind of do. <laughs> like, yeah. And they create that. They create a flow chart in the credits that sort of says who did what. So there is there is lots of that. Like Zun Zhou was Talbot, the hotel manager, Yuna 939, mm-hmm. and Rose. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember who even any of those people were. No, I don't either. She, there was she, also, is, she is such an amazing actress, and it's a it's another one of those I could imagine you not perfectly telling her apart from her co-star. Mm-hmm. And it, it's too bad. And it's too bad that Duna Bay went on to make Sense Eight because that's all I could see every time I saw Duna Bay on screen was, oh, this is the this is the Korean woman from Sense Eight. And and that overruns my ability to really appreciate uh, Zhu Zun's performance. Well, and, and also again, the it's the Wachowskis, right? Sense Eight is theirs, so this yeah. makes sense. They're mm-hmm. continue. In fact, I got a Sense Eight vibe through this whole thing. 
Like this, right. this is very much. I feel like yeah. Sense Eight is if, almost yeah. like them going. Yeah. You know what? I, we didn't really do what we wanted. Let's do a TV a, show and make it like yeah. Sense Eight. Near the end, if suddenly you had Jim Sturgis, Ben Wishaw, Halle Berry, Jim Broadbent, Duna Bay, and Tom Hanks all having sex in their mind, <laughs> I would have been like, okay, it's yeah, that's fine. I I could accept that. Yeah, I hated that about that show. There was too much of it. I don't mind sex. I'm not a prude, but man, those people were doing it every oh, five it was, seconds. It was a lot of sex. Yeah, always. That's if if you, yeah, if like there's anything to knowledge. remember about that movie or about that and, TV show before it got canceled was, and I, hey, I kept, we're all doing I also, it. Right. Also, kept assuming that from front to back there would be there would be a love story that was from from start to end, but there really wasn't mm. a no, love story. That, this that film fell all the way through. It kind of well, fell in between. Kind of had a little bit of the Tom Hanks Halle Berry. But that stuff, that didn't that the... love affair didn't start until uh, until the seventies, I think, and then went, right. ended to the end. Right. Uh, yeah, it's only in two of the six segments. Exactly. That's the thing, like right. This movie kind of subverts that. It try it goes out of its way to not show you any much romance. Like there's a mm-hmm. there's a couple of moments of it, but it's like Jim Broadbent's characters, I don't know how they came to be. He doesn't have parents who ever had romance. You know what I mean? Like there's like they're just they, this movie doesn't like that. Yeah. I tried to also figure out what why the story arc was at the beginning and the end, because I know this was all about uh, you know, change and how how things grow over time but i didn't understand why the story started at the 1800s and ended at 22 i was trying to figure out what exactly needed to be encapsulated in that time period was it just because of runtime or was it is the story larger than that in the cloud atlas book i haven't read it yet yeah i don't know i was just they, they chose five uh time periods in uh I wasn't sure exactly what significance that was. I mean, I, w- I there may and not be any. I don't know, but I, I might not be. I think that for some reason the seventies is always interesting for everyone to always met- oh, fiddle with. So that seemed all right. Um, twenty twelve was a weird pick. So I guess that's just modern day because the movie yeah, came out twenty twelve. The time was released mm-hmm. in twenty twelve. Right? Um, but everything else seemed pretty arbitrary. And then the two future ones, what was it twenty two or twenty one forty four? I think was was the uh, neo soul period, and then. I guess 300 so, years after that for the other thing. Tribalism but. was very strong in all the stories, except I felt like in the modern present day for 2012. And then it become family tribalism because there's actually a comment uh, from uh, Broadbent that talks about uh, going to get his, his brother. And so it was more of a family tribalism. So it was, it was, I could I see, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Right. Like it was a little more of a personal Right, a personal thing, but man, they really are all s- separate movies, and yes. and in some ways, as much as I en- enjoyed it, surprisingly, so much as I enjoyed it, it did make me kind of wonder what they really all in the end didn't have anything to do with each other. I mean, they kind of did, but they would, but it, but it was always very forced. Like this narration is obviously referring to this other thing, and then the other thing would happen, and it was like, oh, okay, I see. And so there's some poetry happening, but right. I'm not sure any of it was like. So, yeah, I, I was kind of like thinking, kind of like a I don't know, mosaic or pointillism when I was watching this. I was thinking, you know, when you really get close, you see one thing, but then when you kind of step back, maybe there'd be a bigger picture for the film. And I, I think it was. I, I, I don't think there was a, a bigger picture needed. And so, as a consumer of art in film, especially. Uh, I was 
I was trying to look for things that were usual and normal, and I, I couldn't find all of those here. And uh, it's it's an interesting soup. Yeah, and uh, I think so. so. But it, yeah, I think you. I think if you enjoyed it, great. I criticize nobody for liking things. Usually, the only time I criticize anyone is for for hating things, and it's because mm-hmm. usually hate leads to uh, destruction. And uh, but you know, if you, if you like something, I'm not going to say nothing. Well, how does it sound? Star uh, who says it in Star Wars? Hate leads to how's it go? Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoda. Uh, yeah. Yoda Anger leads it. to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Uh, right. Right. Um, Shithole. So my home. This, this is. That's what he says. Anyway, what? <laughs> <laughs> this movie was missing a, a, missing a lot of internal consistency and continuity, and that also took me out of the film quite a bit. Like the earliest thing in the timeline that we see is the uh, about to become a slave Altua being whipped mm-hmm. and it's brutal it it's brutal. Uh, it's near murder and then the next times we see him i'm expecting huge bleeding wounds on his back and no he's mm-hmm. fine there's not even scars and it's like okay all right so this movie just does it's a portraying so i don't know an incredible amount of time and healing has passed by or something maybe but, then, but like they do but when like, it when it came to um uh, Tom Hanks and his big mach- accidental machete slice across his face. They were really, you know, they made sure we knew that stuck around, you know, so right, they were a little the, inconsistent. Like, there's a, there's a scene where a bunch of old folks in a prison, old folks home all cause a distraction and they're all fighting and falling over tables and stuff. And I expected Cavendish to have some bumps and bruises, maybe a cut, maybe, you know what I mean? And like he doesn't, it's, they're all fine. That's a perfect, like, this movie just doesn't care about that kind of continuity at all Mm. or realism because I mean, we, we, you know, there's once again, this is all about, in my opinion, uh, movie genres and, you know, like there's some things that happened in the, in the later parts that were like superhero stuff almost. I mean, the, the son me stuff during her generation and, uh, those characters were jumping around and shooting each other. It was just, totally unrealistic but fun to watch yeah fun to watch yeah it was so so, so uh, what, that genre i still don't understand why what's the name committed suicide in the tub i'm confused oh uh, well he had he had he had completed his story because he only had one love and once he had finished that love everything else was just going to but, be but wait, uh, he suffering saw, and he was ready to but he saw him again hold on Abe, what were you gonna say i heard you oh i thought it was because he knew that he was uh kind of doomed from killing uh yeah, he uh, was or attempting to kill the the composer dude, Jim Broadbent, and, and he believed and he believed in a, a reincarnation. He says that when he's talking about killing himself, that that he'll return. He'll the see door, him again. That, that yeah. door will shut, and the new door will open. I'll come and back so as the was, wife of uh, freaking right, uh, Georgette. Yeah, <laughs> this is the next time we see him, I believe, is when he's Georgette. Yeah. Correct. I mean, maybe, I've made a horrible mistake. Yeah, horrible. I I do. I kind of want to read the book because the book obviously does not have this whole everyone looks alike thing going. Oh, absolutely. I you assume it your doesn't. Imagination. I assume yeah. it doesn't. The book doesn't go. And uh, yeah. and now we're in the future, and that guy looks very much like the guy we just talked. I'm sure they don't do that. No, no, no. So sure I kind of want to be. I kind of want to be rid of that just so I can see what's underneath of it a little more. It would it would help to separate uh, voices that are spoken and and you know bodies that are seen and oh. faces that are seen. It, it would help a lot to to yeah. put that in a book. That was the challenge right. of this thing was bringing that, those elements to a. a a film. It's Actually, the next time we see Wisha, he's the record shop owner who gives oh, the Halle right. Berry the Cloud Atlas album. Oh, right. Wait, that's oh wow. So he gave her hit. Oh, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
I just I looked up I the book. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to the audiobook for this. It's got a cast of narrators, mm-hmm. and that just always gets me. Like anytime, oh yeah, yeah, an, an audiobook go went to the trouble, you know, of how it's got Scott Brick, Cassandra Campbell, Kirby Havone, John Lee. Like that says to me that I'm gonna be able to, you know, to get a lot of different like voices in my mm-hmm. head instead of, you know, like if you just read a book you're you're the one inventing all the voices and interesting so yeah maybe i would right. maybe i would do audiobook in this case because i hmm. i'm i f- feel like i want more i i went to wikipedia i started i like it's it's definitely got me in a deep dive mood for it mm-hmm. um i it seems like the book avoided, would be the way to do that but yeah. i avoided as much theory and explanation on this film as i possibly could i watched it twice not not I watched it once all the way through, then I watched it a second time, just kind of jumping around trying to see what I had missed and and reframing sure. some of the things. And I tried to avoid any explanations online because this is such a uh, this film is gonna is essentially is since at least so much open, there's gonna be a lot of personal experience or artistic impression uh, that that lingers with everybody. Like Randy really has uh, uh he, the the slavery part really stood out to him whereas the slavery part was there for me but it was more about tribalism for me and so mm. I, I tried to avoid theories because i think this was left open-ended enough that each individual should be able to pick their own uh yeah piece of what this movie is yeah it's a weird thing belief very important here too it's a mm-hmm. weird weird movie I, true. I I feel like it was super ambitious and in, in some ways failed, Absolutely. but I recognize the ambition. By the way, there were a couple of moments like legit anxiety when elevators die, and for some reason, <laughs> yes. for some reason, seventy seventies yes. elevators that die freaked me out even sure. more. I don't know why. <laughs> I felt I felt uncomfortable that I, I felt like they needed to reveal that Halle Berry had that uh, star t- the you know the the star tattoo yeah, on her. Yeah, the comment, but I, I, I really felt uncomfortable that she was in there with that older man, and then she's like, "It's hot in here." As soon as she says it's hot in here, I'm like, "Oh crap, she's gonna start <laughs> shedding clothes here." And there. This is gonna get uncomfortable. I don't want to see this part. And uh, dear penthouse forum, yes, right? I was in an elevator with Holly Berry. <laughs> I only believe this happened to other people and would never happen to me. <laughs> Scott, Scott actually said something just a minute ago that was awesome, and it really got my mind buzzing. And that's the phrase ambitious movie that failed Mm. what what's your what's your am what's your like all-time ambitious movie that failed i'll go first yeah it's the hobbit trilogy yeah yeah yeah. that is like like, i want to like it you know i like i want to appreciate all of the effort you know like how how do you end up with seven hours of movie Without did making not, a lot of effort, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did did not need a trilogy. I was so disappointed when I found out it was a trilogy. I really felt like they could have done it in one. Well, they were milking it. They knew they were milking it. And I don't know why Peter Jackson magic wasn't there for this one. Like, it's just, that's a weird animal. I, the Hobbit is a great pick. I'm going to say another movie that I actually really enjoy, but I know it's not good. Um, And we've done it on FilmSack. It's uh, Waterworld. I feel that way about Waterworld. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ambitious. Ambitious Super as like, hell, like, yeah. but just they didn't exactly hit the mark. They hit enough marks for me to watch it every year, but they. <laughs> but I'm not going to argue for its quality. I, I know it's got its problems, but I think that's a good 
example. But do you have one that you? Uh... I'll throw out uh, Bonfire of the Vanities. Oh just yeah, because oh. it, it was uh, uh, such a attempt to have this all big star. cast: Tom Hanks, yeah, Bruce Willis, Tom Hanks again, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis. Um, I want to say Julia Roberts was in that. Mm, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember everybody that was in it, but it was like this: like let's get every A lister we can into this adaptation of a Tom Wolf book, and uh, <laughs> apparently just you know failed at every every level i saw in the theaters and yeah man all right cool. that thing right, farted man. man that was a big fart that movie yeah it was a right. really big fart yeah, yeah. it wasn't it, it wasn't it, that hold on wasn't that uh, uh brian de palma directed that even it was yeah yeah brian like you got the one yeah. of the greatest like directors of all time like it'd be good yeah good source material good actors good mm-hmm. uh director and uh just too many yeah. rights made a wrong basically yeah. Yeah. good yeah. call on that one Good call on that one. Dunaway, do you know do you know of an, a really ambitious movie that just I falls do apart? know of a really ambitious movie, but it didn't necessarily fail for everybody, but it failed for the most important part for me. The most important part of any movie for me is definitely the story, because to me, that's what film is all about. It doesn't have to be you may not view it the same way. However, I will say Avatar was super yeah. ambitious and I, super successful. I, I was... I was guessing you were going to say that because I've I've known you for a long time now. Whenever I think of, of you in movies, you right. want a movie to have this heart, and Such Avatar heart. Avatar has a Jarvis heart. It's got a you know it's got a <laughs> story. Yeah, yeah. It's got a heart made of plastic, and it's beating, and it's doing its job, but it's and not it's like beautiful. It is a beautiful movie, and the things it did for three D, which Scott hates, was amazing. And James Cameron just made a most enjoyable popcorn eaten flick that was just amazing but oh man it was the second highest grossing film of all time now yeah yeah only recently only recently unthroned (laughs) right right. (laughs) well we'll see because don't forget avatars two and three is coming out they may re-release the avatar back to the theater just to see if they can tell those you know avengers to suck it yeah. I don't know. Does that feel like something James Cameron would do? Like, absolutely. <laughs> do you think that would count, though? Can I? I mean, you can always keep well, the number that's separately. That's what the Avengers did. They said, yeah. they said, eh, coming back out to theaters. Yeah, but they were, but they were still in the theaters when they did it. They weren't out yet. So they only at the dollar theaters. That don't count. No, they were still like straight up. You could go anywhere to see Avengers. They just swapped well, it out. Everything I've seen, they always count the it, the later stuff. Even like ET keeps on ticking up because every once in a while they re released it at the theater. So mm. I think box I mean, office, Star Wars box did that too. Like yeah. you know, it came out in seventy seven, had its huge run, disappeared for a couple months, and then they brought it back for for uh, another showing. Back. And that's not even the special edition one that you know. Came oh, back the several years later. 97 or whatever that yeah. was. Was that 90s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been 90s. Yeah, would have been 90s. Um, that's fascinating. All right. Um, you, what else? Like, yes. I just want to follow on the last subject. And the and the question is, how do you make a movie like Waterworld really great? Like, how do you make it something that everyone looks back on and thinks of as an Oscar winner? And like a, a, a movie that, that people are proud of. Uh, you know, having been a critic about and this kind of thing. I have the answer. You give it to George Miller and you tell him to write it and direct it. <laughs> That's what so I you're saying. Do. Just Good old every, George. change everything is what you're saying. I mean, kind of. I mean, well, I don't know. Like conceptually that that movie, what it was trying to be was really, truly just water based Mad Max future. And in a lot of ways, it succeeds at that, which is why I think I'm OK with it. 
as as how it, as how it is now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it was a different time though. That we're talking about the peak of Costner's career, and he was in a very cocky place, and was not taking anything from anyone. Like was really hard to work with, and all that other stuff. And I think that that plays a role in all of this. Like sometimes when something bad is being made, you're just too close to it to notice until it's out, and then you're like, oh my gosh, what did we do? Can I can I throw an unpopular opinion out there that uh, Scott, you might want to cover your ears for? Oh shit, <laughs> go. Is it if they put somebody besides Kevin Costner in the lead, who I love Kevin Costner, yeah, but but he delivered such a subdued, yeah, he's such a dead fish, and, right? That's yep. exactly what you need. Ah, dead, dead fish, dead fish, dead fish. Just in that film, I love Kevin Costner, but maybe a different, maybe somebody a little bit more. I think I yes. Know. I think the answer is yes. I mean, I I don't think that's sacrilege in this case, even though I think that he is good for it. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe oh, somebody could have been better. What if Keanu been Reeves had been in that? That would have been a lot of like that water world. <laughs> maybe, so. I don't know. Uh, I love Keanu Reeves too, but I don't think he's as good as everybody thinks he is. I think he's. I think oh, we're just having a moment. He's good at what he does. We're just having a moment he's with him. He's very good, good at what he does. Yes. He's good at it being himself, and that is yes. fantastic. Yeah. I'll always go see a film with him in it. The, the moment, but I also don't think it would be like a, you know, you wouldn't want a, a Bruce Willis or a Sylvester Stallone or a, you know, anybody oh, else. Also, let's, let's be honest. In a world without John Wick, nobody gives a shit right now about Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Like, Keanu right. Reeves is having a moment because. He's in a series that now is beloved and is one of the great modern action franchises. This is, this is uh, Keanu well, Reeves I, shows that you can come back from being sad Keanu Reeves on a picnic bench eating a sandwich. Yep, yep, you can. <laughs> that was and that was like ten years ago. It blows my mind. What was that? Sad Keanu. Oh, his his yeah. meme Keanu moment meme. Uh-huh. was ten years ago. Yeah, and that Keanu is fifty four right now. Yeah. How is this possible? <laughs> He's got the good genes, man. He's got the good genes. Um, right. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, who could, who could be the Mariner today? I don't know. Like, like almost everything I would prefer Waterworld to be a Netflix series or something. <laughs> like I would like sure. to drag it out. I'd like to have more exposition, more character, more long story with my genre in general. Right. I'm starting more and more these days, as much as this seems counter to film sack, more and more these days, I like my genre to be in, you know consumable smaller chunks it's weird and, you know and you say that and then netflix puts out a stinker like another life and yeah, i can't it's too bad i can't help but wish for something completely different right like, is it bad oh, i haven't seen it yet. i'm one episode in should i stop is it not good that, bu- I, that bums me out I, can't i can't recommend it no. and it's like oh. and it's got it's it's at six percent on rotten tomatoes or something it's yeah. like oh, that so, bums me out it's so unfortunate but when you when you look at something like Another Life, you you can't help but think, oh, there's a kernel of something great here. Mm-hmm. Why why couldn't it have been just made by other people starring other people? You know, mm-hmm. that mums me out. Though I hadn't heard, uh, yeah, that it was bad yet. Now I know. Uh, I don't know whether to stop watching or. Uh, well, I mean, if you nah, enjoy you've it, already started now. Rip the bandaid. Ibbit. Yeah. Yeah, you've already started. You just have to commit another ten hours. To uh, oh, that's exactly percent right. a rating. Did you do you? I mean, are you, did you enjoy what you've seen so far? So far, I'm liking it. Yeah, but again, they've they're setting they've set up the story in episode one, and I like where that's headed. Mm-hmm. But I'm but I'm if they if I find out they don't stop the landing, I'm really bummed, and I don't want to waste my time on the rest of it. 
Yeah, I I ah. I would hope that uh, when when those things I hear about those things coming out and I get super excited. I know they can't all be good, but sure. You know, once in a while, something like uh, here's here's a what seems like the exception that proves the, proves the rule. But I I recommended this last week on TMS, and I'll say it again here. Tarantino put together a um director's cut and also broken up into pieces to create a mini series for hateful eight and put it on Netflix. And it's now in like, I think it's five episodes, four episodes, whatever it is. It's awesome in that format. It's really, really great. It's already kind of an overlong film as it was standalone. Um, but for some reason done like this in these sort of vignetted chunks really does it for me. I would highly recommend if you've never seen it, first of all, to watch this version and also, if you have seen it, uh, revisit it again, and I think you'll come away being reminded that Hateful Eight might might be my favorite Tarantino movie. And I think it is partly because of this new the way that they formatted it. So I'm just kind of into this in general. I wish more creators would just come to a series. It doesn't have to be Netflix. I don't care who it is, but you know, go to HBO. HBO seems like a good place for for uh, uh, Cloud Atlas to get all spread out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Something about the movie itself felt HBO ish to me. Can't can't, and it's not just the naked lady on top of the dude. It's something else. <laughs> so, some kind of vibe I was getting. It was very HBO. Sure. Anyway, uh, anybody uh, got anything else to say here? I mean, the only the only trivia I've got really is um, uh, but they had a budget of over a hundred million dollars. Cloud Atlas is uh considered an independent film, though it's not a big yeah studio yeah, film. It's odd. Uh, paid for a lot by the directors and makers and writers. So it makes it one of, if not the most expensive uh, independent films ever made. Right. Which is good because as a producer, someone who is putting money into a film, uh, this film takes a lot of artistic risk. Uh, not something you want to do if you're making it, if you're investing into a film that you want to make uh, the most amount of money possible. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's probably the reason why they kind of went independent. It was a it was a passion project, if you will. I would agree. With a lot of money behind it. Also, Tom Hanks claims this is one of the few films that he's in that he likes to rewatch. I don't know if that's true, but he claims he likes to rewatch this one. Yeah. So yeah, he said something like it's the only one of his movies that he's seen more than twice. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I'm still trying to understand it. <laughs> I don't get it. What was I even doing there? How the hell have I seen <laughs> Forrest Gump so much more than Tom Hanks? <laughs> I know. I feel like I have too. It's a weird thing to find out about the guy, but assuming it's true, who knows? It's IMDb. Yeah. All right. Uh, clips time. We got clips today, and we'll start with Keith David because why not? Here's that scene we were talking about. Uh, he's working as an indentured servant to um, Hugh Grant, and here it is. You enjoy your life here with us, do you not? Oh, yes, Reverend, sir. Kupak are very happy here. Very happy. Oh, God, we haven't talked about English actors trying to do American accents. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, did that happen? Okay, I have a question about that. Did Hugh Grant in the 70s, was he supposed to be doing... Uh, was it supposed to be yes. sort of British or yes. American or what was that supposed to be? Because was- every everything that happens in the Americas, it, they're supposed to be Americans. They're in- English actors playing Americans. Oh, Hugh I didn't Grant know that. is playing an American. <laughs> Hugo Weaving is playing an American, and they're so bad at it. Like it, it, that was actually the beginning of me just writing over and over. I wish there was more cast. I wish mm. they had just cast other people to play these other roles. That's hilarious. I thought that they were. 
just sort of kind of British or I guess in Hugo Reeving's case, sort of Australian in, in the, in the modern, in the seventies one. And I just wasn't sure because if he was trying to be, if Hugh Grant was trying to do American, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you are bad. Most of your cohorts over there in Britain are pretty good at this. You're bad at it. And the, and again, it's also a problem of time. Like we recently saw Chernobyl and they just let the actors use their natural accents. They should do that. I love that. Mm-hmm. That works so well to me. Oh man, Chernobyl's good. If you guys haven't watched that, go watch that. I need Chernobyl part two, and it was, I just heard they were having some problems over there in Russia, so may, maybe we'll get to see a part <laughs> we're gonna two. A, we're going to get a part two. This yeah. is all a plot by HBO. Yeah, they had a... Yes, to, uh, to, to advertise another podcast, there is a new This Week episode of the Chernobyl podcast, which you would think, mm. how could that be? But there was a huge nuclear explosion in Russia last week, yeah, yeah. and uh, Peter Sagal and Craig Mazin, who made Chernobyl got together with Jared Harris, the actor from Chernobyl, and just talked about Chernobyl some more and talked about this recent development. And uh man, I like it makes me want every TV series to have a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> no, he's so, that podcast was so good as a companion for that show. I could not recommend that enough. People, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know, I never got around to watching it. Watch that show and after every episode, listen to the podcast they made for that episode. It is a great pairing. And that dude's brilliant, and he should win every award he's up for because it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I still can't get Naked Miner out of my head. I just nah. can't do it. <laughs> Walking around with his wiener going, yeah, yeah, this is what we do. We're too hot. we got to go down with our wieners. Hard to get out of your head. <laughs> All right, here's, sure some, uh, here's some awkward singing. Here you go. <laughs> Did you loop that? No, <laughs> no. It seemed a lot longer. I took out yeah, some of the auto- Did you auto un auto tune that? I took right. out some stuff in the middle where he, uh, like he said, no, write that part down, and then he would keep singing. I took some of that out. Right. I'd love to hear that auto tuned. Auto tune that for me. There's another thing I hated about the movie. I've been playing the <laughs> piano since I was four. Uh-huh. This guy is a great composer and can't sing to save his life. No, he, sorry, he str- no. He struggled. He struggled. No, no. I mean, just because it's, you're a composer doesn't mean you're a a good singer. I. It absolutely should have been him singing something that was more understandable. Absolutely, like this this idea that this kid sitting at the piano could have any idea what to write down on the music uh, notation is just ridiculous like it was <laughs> insane and it's like no one making the film had any idea mm-hmm. about composing music at all and it's fine like you just you go on and and you and the story is okay it's just that moment made me freaking mad <laughs> it was like <laughs> It, it reminded me of, of again, my brother, the air traffic controller, watching the movie Pushing Tin. He was mad, like oh, yeah. angry <laughs> at this thing. That does know? happen. Yeah, I get that way with computer stuff on in movies. I get it. Like, the more people know about medicine, the less they can watch ER or, you know, some stupid hospital drama. Also, it's the same thing. why the hell can't great legendary composer write down his own stuff? Give me a break. That well, he can't transcribe what's in his head. He's old and has crazy hair. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here is... Uh, what? That's Tom Hanks. I don't know what he says here. I don't give a f- <laughs> 
What happens when I'm dead? I want people to buy me book now. Buy me book now. Buy me book now, governor. <laughs> I start looking at those cauliflower ears. I guess he had beaten up so many times <laughs> so, in the boxing. Yeah. So bad. Gosh dang it, that was bad. I hated that bit. Uh, all right. Where's our Whoops. money? Shit. Sorry, that guy wasn't supposed to talk yet. All right, here's a... I put end this scene. Well, anyway, here. Just what does that leadless pencil you call an imagination have in mind to end this scene? Oh, yeah, that guy's good. His voice, dude. Mm. And he's the creepy bald dude interrogating later, right? Same mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's got some range. Darcy. He's got some range. Um. Okay, then this guy again. Where's our money? Now, actually, you said, where's our effing money? But it was easier to do that than That's pretty it. good. Yeah. So where's our money? All right, here's a... What? Here. Boys. Boys, look here. Oh. <laughs> Boy. Boys. When they had him trapped in there. By the way, gross scene is just the thought of having somebody push a used um, a plunger, toilet plunger in your face. That's that's gross. Oh. That's a gross me out. Yeah. yeah. Can't deal with that. All the violence, guy falling out of the, off the roof, splattering all over the car. None of that bugged me. It, mm-hmm. was, the to- it was the toilet plunger. Uh, broad bent. Oh, here is here he is with the plunger in his face. <laughs> that, that did gross you out, right? Scott? Yeah, it totally grossed me out. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's disgusting. Um, okay, video. Oh, that's pretty good. Get them to video it for us, would you? Now, nah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like. I mean, I know he had a lot of rubber on, and and Randy makes a good point about didn't really feel like Broadbent's brother, but I kind of like the portrayal of that cranky brother. If mm. I'm honest, I mean, yeah, I mean whole... the acting's fine. It was just the prosthetics were yeah. distracting. They pulled me out. Yeah, I could see that. Never pull out. Wait, what? I just, I just yeah. want to say to my brother, <laughs> oh, my geez. brother Travis, uh, Travis, if you're listening, I will not imprison you later. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> that was a bizarre thing. Very weird. Uh, here's a. Oh, uh, the movie likes to say the name of the movie, so I captured it a couple times. Here's one of them. This is the Cloud Atlas Sextet. Yes, that's the Cloud Atlas Sextet. Sextet. Uh, here's a funny line from Broadbent. To the temple of sacrifice, where I offered up my virginity. Now, that's great, except then he said... Pussy. All right, great. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to capture that. Official, right, official description. <laughs> official, uh, yeah, what was it? What it? Cause of, uh, official yeah. cause of... Not death, what was it? Cause of, uh, injury yeah. or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Pussy. Because he had a cat chat, chat or not chat, people at home. Yeah, he had a cat in his crotch. While he was sleeping with Georgette. Yeah. Uh, Played by Susan Sarandon, turns out. We haven't talked about her much. I don't think she was that great. I think she kind of just showed up in bits and was uh, well, there. They, they, she, she really played a, you know, like a secondary character anyway. But I thought she did fine. Especially, I thought it was very visually impactful when she was looking into the sky and blinking her eyes and flap, flipping between the eye colors that was pretty cool scene yeah it was that right. was cool yeah a little uh yeah. fortune teller kind of lady thing there. yeah yeah yep. Her and she sh- said by the way tom hanks character zachary she said don't cut the throat yeah don't don't but he did anyway. he did anyway cut mm-hmm. uh, anyway. uh sleeping oh no that wasn't hugh grant he grant that wasn't him which is i went back i looked at that picture that uh ibbit sent us and i didn't realize actually i had said that i didn't know who was in neo souls character in the you know the Papa Soul mm-hmm. restaurant. It, that was actually Hugh Grant. I didn't realize that that he was the bad guy drinking the soap. I didn't. Oh, I didn't that was- oh, okay. I didn't know that was him either. 
Okay, cool. What a weird movie. The, the, by the way, the uh, for for listeners, do a search for Scene Stealers uh mm-hmm. cloud atlas infographic and it's a really cool like it's a really cool thing that thing. talks about each of the six storylines which character each of the uh, the actors play and how actually even more than i thought their roles were similar Explain. like uh right uh hugh grant is always the ruthless leader and right. hugo weaving is always evil incarnate and uh hmm. tom hanks is the everyman chooser well, every man chooser. Every man chooser. Except I don't know how he's the every man chooser when he's the gangster. Yeah, I don't get that part. Not very every man. Well, you're right. Well, they, <laughs> they they said there was a lot of people that supported him when he threw it off. It's like all everybody was so excited about him throwing the guy. Oh, off the okay. Yeah, yeah, but why? Yeah, he committed murder. And <laughs> yeah, so he's an author in that case who goes to prison, and then the publisher gets all the money. Right? Like mm-hmm. that's right. cool. Mm-hmm. I guess they could have actually depicted that little bridge part in that sequence mm. yeah right. they probably could have done that a little better um all right do not oh this here he is here's hugo weaving as a lady i am miss nukes you do not wish to cross me he makes the most disturbing <laughs> nursely yeah you're yeah. you're just you're just hugo weaving <laughs> seriously like yeah yeah seriously where's his where's his range it's, Does he have um, I, mean, I love old George. I thought that was uh, I, don't know, I thought that's pretty good. Yeah, that was really was. that was really good. But as far as like his range, I mean, I, I don't know if he has much, but you do kind of get Hugo weaving and everything like it's always yeah. the same kind of thing. Yeah. And I think I'm OK with that. Yeah, I think I I'm yeah, same. Totally fine with that. Same. I think it's fine. Uh, here's do you ever see Pr- uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? Yeah, there's see that? his other uh, uh, cross dressing. <laughs> yeah, he was very good in that. You know, he was. He's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anything you need? Oh, it was Keith David. Anything you need, so just let me know. See, it may as well be. And then the uh, President uh, Jefferson uh, that uh, weekend uh, died. And then President, uh, it just sounds like he's narrating something to me. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, <laughs> what's I don't know what this is. Even if he shits over nuggets. <laughs> 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 And that was that was oh. that guy again who played the bald interrogator. He had the most yeah. range. Yeah. Huge range, that guy. Play, play it again. Out of context, it's so good. Even if he shits silver nuggets. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> Shit silver nuggets. Shit silver nuggets. I like all the pirate stuff. Or they were sort of piratey. I guess they weren't pirates. They were merchants. Yeah. Anyway, here's something that's uh, creepy. So here's that. There's a natural order to this world, fabricant. And the truth is, this order must be protected. May as well be Agent Smith at that point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just Hugo waving again and again. I smell your sweat. All right, here's uh, some nonsense. You really ain't fear about meeting old Georgie on a summit? What? Exactly, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't understand that at all. In fact, let's try it again. You really ain't fear about meeting old Georgie on a summit? You really ain't feared about me. Fear about... Eating, Knowing eating he knows Jordy, Jordy from Star Trek. Oh, he's going to eat Jordy on a <laughs> Sunday, okay. on a summit, on a summit. Old Jordy, that's what summit. He's saying, he's saying old, old Georgie. Georgie. On the oh, oh we okay, we've done it now. We've cleared. Wow, that. that took. See, if you were watching the film in the theater and you caught that, you would still you'd be sitting around going, "Okay, what he's yeah, saying?" Yeah, it's impossible. You missed the next scene. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's really, really hard to hear that. All right, here's them saying the name again. I call it the Cloud Atlas Sextet. All right, thank you for that. Sextet. That guy's... You guys, if you haven't seen the Mary Poppins thing, he's delightful in that. It's really good. 
Mm-hmm. Ibit, I got one from your mom. Oh, good. Yep. Hello. Let's uh, let's uh, phrase that a little bit differently. Yeah. This is <laughs> got one. Uh, another got one from your mom. Some more uh, <laughs> some more uh, audio uh, from high school. I guess you would have been probably prom age, and I think this was after you took the girl home and and you kissed her in her foyer and then left her foyer. And uh, this is what you said after. The room stank of bitter medicine. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. To... <laughs> well, that's because she took some NyQuil to go to bed, right? Is that it? Trying to get that out of her mind. Hey, when did they start making NyQuil that just puts you to sleep? I'd never heard. That, right. That's it's new to me. It's called now, yeah, right? Z-Quil. Yeah. That's crazy. They, yeah, I started making it. I, they started marketing it like about maybe four or five years ago here anyway. I Did not know. know that was a thing. Until I thought, it, was, I thought it always put you to sleep. No, it is does. That, well, no, it no, does. Now, they, now they sell it as Z-Quil. So that's, that oh, is, that is a is marketing like difference. A stuff. It's yeah, not the right, same okay. stuff though. They only include the alcohol and something else, but the acetaminophen is not in there. So they're not putting painkillers right, or right, 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 right. stuff that drops your fever or any of that. It's just the sleepy bit. And, uh, sleepy bits. Yeah, sleepy bits. All right, here's a funny line I thought. Don't need no smart rope. Don't need no smart rope. Don't you Apparently give me you no do smart because rope. Because you're going to cut your hands all up. Yeah. You sure? Oh, boy, did he. That was hard to watch. That was hard to watch. And finally, this is some weird line that I think Halle Berry said. You Judas in your kin for oh. a piece of ass. Oh, yeah, there was that part. Sorry, it was Georgie and his right. weird, creepy lead up. I mean, this, you know, you turn your headphones would... up at home and listen to this again. You Judas in your kin for a piece of ass. That's scary, dude. I want to watch, I want to watch that whole movie. I want to see Tom Hanks dealing with old Georgie. I like to see just a standalone of that matter of fact i was curious i was like looking around i'm like surely someone has recut this cloud atlas so that you know just back to back you know just just these scenes oh. from just this story and yeah this, right this sure i mean somebody did story. that with pulp fiction and right surely someone's really done well. that. yeah i can't I, find it i would i kind of want uh i kind of want old georgie and castaway now oh, that, oh yeah instead of wilson. Great. yeah instead yeah. of wilson georgie yeah. <laughs> Go up to the top of the mountain, put that <laughs> noose around your neck. Yeah. If you're trying to take out that rotten tooth, might I recommend a skate? <laughs> what was up with the theme of the teeth? What was that? Oh, yeah. The teeth and the beer yeah. and yeah. the teeth at the beginning of the story when he's like, he's like, uh, the cannibals used to eat and spit the teeth out like cherry stems. Yeah. And, and then uh, yeah. just, I was curious about the teeth thing. But did I'm not sure make that, that. Did not even think I'm about sure that as a theme. Huh. You're right. It was thematic. You're not wrong. There were teeth throughout. Teeth what do the teeth mean? What do they represent? Yeah, Brian what do Dunaway? they mean? What does it mean? It's like rain. Know, I gotta know. I gotta know. It's like the rain. Symbolism. Oh no. Symbolism. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Sounds like it's a film tech checklist time. Amazing actors. Hard to follow story. Check. Cloud Sense Eight Atlas. Check. <laughs> uh oval displays are lame check i think those yeah, that was weird tech those are dumb. That was a weird tech those are dumb mm. it I, was good for privacy screens but it was a weird tech yeah, yeah the fact that you that from the back side they were transparent but from the front side you right. were seeing an image was kind of cool it's like all right kind of but like waving them off and they just disappear you want a little yeah. i want a little nanite right that just mm-hmm. goes in my pocket in a little right. recharging thing like oh my so so you had no trouble with Tom Cruise swiping stuff off that window like a crazy man in my report, but none whatsoever. Because he had a little, 
because he had a little thing on his head that uh, helped uh, uh, manage all that stuff. You're right. Gloves, fancy gloves. You're right. Fancy gloves and a and a headband thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Brian's wrong. Continually wrong about it. Maybe. Uh, Star Trek Connection, we have one. Susan Sarandon is married to Chris Sarandon, who was in DS9 as Martus Mazur in the episode that Rivals. That is a loose connection. That's that is. all there is, which really surprised me. I could have sworn Broadbent had done something, but uh, no. He has not been in Star Trek. He deserves to be, though. He'd be great on there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, nobody. Uh, he was also uh, Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride, Chris Sarandon. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Susan Sarandon's, yeah. Oh, so wait a minute. Is she still? I thought she was married nope. to. She was married to Tim Robbins for a while, but I think Chris Sarandon must have been her first husband. Okay, I'm thinking of the or brother. Yeah, I'm thinking she <laughs> or was. Both? I thought she was still married to. <laughs> I thought she was still married to Andy Dufresne. I was sure of that, but maybe not. I don't think so. No, they. Uh, I think things aren't very good. They uh, climb through between shit. them now. Yeah, they climbed through shit I'm and came out what dirty. The, what the connection is? Yeah. Let's see, Susan. Um, Maybe he threw a rock at her. He and went married right classmate through. Susan Tomlin in 1967 after they graduated. They both pursued acting careers. Tomlin took her his surname as a professional name, Susan Saran, and they divorced in 1979. Oh, jeez! Back my yeah. surname. That was like back in. Uh, what was the thing where you throw hot dogs and water bottles and stuff? What's that movie? That was your high school life. That was nothing anybody else did, Scott. No, that's a thing. Oh, Rocky Horror Picture yeah, Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been oh, that. Oh, a movie. Hot dogs and water yeah, don't you go to the theater and everyone has water bottles and hot dogs? Mm, they have spray bottles so, spray, so that you can spray rain and everybody puts a newspaper over the head. And I don't know about the hot dog, but you throw toast when... Uh, when <laughs> Uh, Riffraff says he wants to propose a toast. I could have sworn yeah. that I went to one of those in high school where we threw hot dogs at the screen. I knew it was high school. I knew it. Called it. Yeah. That you're was just a local of, Utah thing. Uh-huh. You're thinking of Pee Wee's Dream. <laughs> uh, stand get the top. In hot dog water for everybody. Yeah. If you got your hot dog water, drink it. Paging. The natives are all throwing pickles and hot dogs at me. What does it mean? Paging Mr. Herman. Paging Mr. Herman. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Yeah, that's all you get there. Soundtrack great. I give it a PG for pretty good. <laughs> Thought it worked well, nice and crescendo y. Pretty and, good. Yeah, pretty good. It was nice. I don't know who did it, but it was cool. I don't think pretty the song good. that they were all singing all the time and humming and then writing and all that was all Not that great. Memorable. Yeah. No. They're all acting like it was like, what's that like? It's like the, the freaking Cones game in Star Trek Next Generation. It's like, oh, we can't stop. It's like, why? It sounds like shit. <laughs> It's no big yeah. deal. I'm compelled to sing this melody that nobody's ever going to remember. It was dumb. Oh. Sorry, I forgot the Twitter post. Twitter post, 100, 280 characters or less. Let's sum, let's sum the damn thing up. Randy? Cloud Atlas. Three hours of people struggling with each other, and sometimes a guy feels romantic on a piano bench and starts to go for it, or maybe he's seen a woman's bottom peeking out of her short shorts, and he just has to grab it. Like a Saturday night at Ivet's house. Yeah. <laughs> I felt it coming, but I wasn't sure when that uh, was. I, didn't, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't you prepared. You weren't ready for that? Oh, man. No, I wasn't. You should, I should always be ready for it. I'm not yeah, be prepared for, for the for the, for the the night at Ivet's house that is the most famous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Dunaway. Clown Atlas. Like being slowly poisoned by toothy Tom Hanks. Will the suffering never end? <laughs> Yay is over. Let's watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> Very accurate. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I kind of feel like it. And I'm not going to do it right away. It's too long, but I kind of want to 
I want to read the book. That's, that's the reason why I just watched it. When I, my second viewing, like I said, was just cherry picking. Just, oh, look at that scene. Oh, when I go through this I, scene. I assume the book's huge, right? Is that a fair assumption? Coach. It's, it's gigantic. It's coach. Yeah, it's probably gigantic. Let's see. Cloud Atlas book pages. It's probably a lot. You should stream it, and then it would be in the cloud. Yeah, see? Cloud. And then I can. I don't know, but it's, it's twelve ninety nine. That's all I know. Well, you've really uh, you've... page count five hundred and forty four. That's not that bad. All right, that's all right. Yeah, that's it's not a decent size book, but Randy, that's shorter have to... than it. Randy, if you end up watching it or listening to it, you'll have to tell us how that experience goes. Yeah, it Is... looks like it's twenty hours uh, audiobook version, which is not bad. Uh, nothing like the Wastelands. Do you remember? Oh my gosh. In the early nineties, when everybody had a copy of the Wastelands oh, yeah. by Stephen King. Yeah, was and they all looked. They looked like they were carrying around a phone book. Wait, the yeah. Wastelands? Are you talking? About, you're not talking about the Stand? Is that what you mean? The Stand. The Stand is huge. No. Or no? Tower? So, what? Huge. What? Oh, Dark Tower is huge. Wait, what's whenever the Wastelands? Whenever the Wastelands came out, everybody had a copy of it. I don't the, know. It's the third book Eric? in. in oh, Dark Tower. oh, right, the Dark Tower third book. You're right. And, yep. Everybody that I knew was going around it. Yeah, it, it was oh, it was everywhere, and that was thick as hell. Oh yeah, it's thousand over a thousand pages. Yeah, love it. and the stand is a fatty. I've read that five times though, like an insane person. Oh, I love that book so much. That and that is an example of something that should be made into a series, and they're doing it. They're making a new one. They're making a new series. Mm-hmm. I can't freaking wait. I can't remember who's doing it. It's like Prime or somebody, but man, oh, I'm down. I love that story. All right. Uh, Brian Ibbett. There we go. Cloud Atlas. <laughs> this is what happens when you play Hulu on Shuffle. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. What am I watching now? Oh, <laughs> a drama. No, a farce. I oh. like that. That's really good. Um, all right. Well, that bl- now really ble- ble- bleeds, bleeds. Anyway, it takes us to this. Can't say words. We had alternate titles. This was almost called Forest Grump because he was so grumpy in the forest there. Or mm-hmm. or four weird stories and a couple funerals. No. Oh, the Hugh Grant connection. See, there, there you go. Right. Thank you very much. How about Forrest Chump? Forrest mm, Chump's not bad. Maybe. Forrest mm-hmm. oh, Stump? Oh, Forrest Dump. In case you, <laughs> you know, you got to go. Let's get off of it. Yeah, let's, let's get off on. of that. Let's move on. Email real quick. Edward Mooney wrote in. Uh, he sent an email to filmsack at gmail.com. And he says this. About old film sack episodes. Hi guys, writing from Alaska. First of all, I'm a huge fan. My friends and I have been listening to Film Sack since the beginning. Keep up the great work. I am writing in to ask if there is a way I can get all the previous episodes. I recently got a new iPhone, and when I attempt to sync with my uh, cloud account, I lost all previous episodes that I had downloaded and saved. I have literally never had this issue before, and I'm very bummed. I li- uh, listen to Film Sack every day during my hour and a half commute to work and back. Wow. That means a lot of repeats. Uh, any help would be appreciated. Thank you. Yes. In fact, I'm glad you wrote in and I used your email for this very purpose to announce this. Uh, it's been happening for a while, but if you go to the website, filmsack.com and you look under the little audio section, uh, there's all the usual things like here's the iTunes subscription and here's the whatever RSS feeds and all that. In there, you'll notice something called the archive RSS feed. That my friends, is anything uh, 200, let's see, how many we go here? I think it's 150 episodes are on the main feed, and then after that they go on this archive feed where you can find all the way back to the beginning. Uh, so they're all there. All you have to do is just copy and paste that RSS feed into whatever player you're using. Uh, they all support the it. Older episodes of Film Sack? Is that what it's called? Yes, older episodes of Film Sack or Archive or something. I forget the exact words. Right. Got it. But got you it. won't miss it. it. It's right there on filmsack.com in the uh, top stuff there. 
and that way you get everything. 331 and prior. Yeah. And like the, that and was. 331 was Firefox. And the reason I do that is because the RSS feeds get so big, they become both technically unwieldy and cause people problems who are trying to ping them. Um, but also it just kills bandwidth just as a, they get to be, you yeah. know, two megabyte files and 20,000 people hit it. And before you know it, you're paying out of your butthole for more hosting <laughs> than you'd plan. Hold so. on a second. <laughs> Gotta get back here and get my money. <laughs> my money is in my butthole. Uh, so anyway, that's why. And also good news is you can get them all all the way back to crawl. So worry not. Cool. Dear listeners, and that includes you, Edward Mooney. So go check that out. Our next film will be Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. That's right. Now, R- Randy, remind me. This is the movie about a uh, you go to the mall, the girl freezes your nose and then nope. pierces it. That- no, no? Oh, it is okay. not. Okay. <laughs> this is the this is the movie about uh, Tom Hanks is uh, living in the North Pole and he has a train. Great. Snow mm. piercing um, the snow with his train. What's that movie called? Uh, the Polar Express. Polar Express. Ah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> no, 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 not not Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is a different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the Hogwarts Express during the winter. <laughs> oh, good. More Harry Potter then. Yeah, I'm looking forward great. to that. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Actually, I'm very much looking forward to this. I like Snowpiercer yeah. a great deal. Um, mm-hmm. If it was saying he likes the movie but not the comic so much, so we may I talk did about that. Not like the comic so much. Uh, they draw them trains real poorly in the in the comic. I hear. I think the comic just knew how to, or sorry, the the, the movie knew how to lean into what makes that stuff awesome. I, I plus probably is a pretty dark subject, and if you don't play it just right, Chris Evans, uh, it'll seem <laughs> it'll seem a little too dark. Probably. Maybe. I mean, he did. Um, he did a good job. It was the first thing I'd seen of him when he wasn't being Captain America over the last, you know, few years. And so right, right. it was fun to see him being something else. But my memory of that movie is that it's rad and they eat bricks of uh, gelatinized protein, which is kind of cool. Right. Lots of Scott, lots of what 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 uh, what uh, car which which one of the cargoes are you in, Scott? Are you near the front oh, hell no. of the train or are you in the car? Further to the back. I'm with um, what's his name who died recently, John, not Huntsman, John Hurt. I'm John Hurt. I paint. I just draw so, and paint. Oh, there the you go. Oh, in the car. Yeah. In the painting car. I thought maybe you were in the caboose, but okay. Painting I'm cars. clearly, I'm clearly just in the dining car. That's that's right. why I'm hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only car I'm in. Is nine nine drink minimum. Is it lunch yet? Yeah. <laughs> Brian's hogging all the uh, meatloaf or whatever you would have on such a place. Actually, you're you're hogging all this the bricks of protein. <laughs> That's right. You going eat your you going eat your uh, protein you bar? Your tool to sweat in there. Oh, yeah. go that. That's a really cool movie, though. I think uh, we'll see if it holds up. It's not that old, so it's not like we're looking at something that's super ancient. It should hold up, and we'll be doing that next week right here on Film Sack. Uh, oh, and sorry to let everybody know that um, uh, Poltergeist has left streaming Aww. once again. Mm. So yeah, apparently, apparently buried it in an Indian burial ground and we won't see it for at least 10 years. Yep. My hope and dream is that maybe around Halloween, that thing will crop up again. That would, I mean, be, that would be awesome. But don't hold your breath, everybody. Only hey, only like 90 more days or less till Halloween. I know, right? That's crazy. Mm. I'm excited. Uh, get your get your get your scary movie on everybody. That's coming up soon. But next week, it's Snowpiercer. That's going to do it for the show. We are at filmsack.com. 
You can find everything you need there, including those archive episodes. So do that. You can leave us voicemails at 801-471-0462. And you can email us, filmsack at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at filmsack. And you can find the rest of us on Twitter on the site as well. Leave us reviews wherever you get your shows. That's going to do it. For me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Sextet. See you next time. Sextet. I was really hoping for. We'll see. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> <Should he> capture. <laughs>And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.